Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another daily play with yours truly, Coach Josh. And today we're going to be talking about are you mentally breaking down or are you mentally building up? And in this discussion, we're going to talk about how to build your mind up to, to, to a solid place where when life pressures you, you won't mentally break down. So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching later or listening later, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, feel free to share, feel free to comment, uh, feel free um, to engage. I appreciate What's up, everybody? I appreciate you guys always rocking with me and joining me as we go through these talks because I really do believe the fruit that I gather from my fellowship with God as I uh, allow it to be uh, delivered to you. I pray it's a blessing to you just like it was a blessing to me. So let's get right into it. Today's scripture, of course, comes from Philippians 4, 6 through 9, and we have a lot of points. What's up, Toronto? What's up, everybody? Good win for y'all the other night. Kawhi Leonard came through for y'all, but uh, we're going to talk about some very key points in making sure that our minds are not so uh, pressured or stressed that we're unable um, to really navigate the pressuring periods of life. What's up, everybody? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Let's go to the definition of a mental breakdown. A mental breakdown is the state of being overwhelmed emotionally. What's up, everybody? Hello from the UK. Good afternoon. A mental breakdown is the state of being overwhelmed emotionally by some sort of past pain, present pressure, or potential problem. The definition that I gathered, that I created for a mental breakdown, is the state of being overwhelmed emotionally by some sort of past pain, pre present pressure, or potential problems. Let's get right into the problem. Many people are building their minds or lives on faulty foundations. Many people are building their minds or lives on faulty, unstable foundations, either currently causing or setting them up to have a mental breakdown. Many people are building their minds on faulty foundations, either currently causing or setting them up to have a mental breakdown. They are also overly consuming themselves with past pains, present pressures, and the threat of potential problems. Let's talk about that. Many people right now are building their entire lives on any and everything but God. Life was meant to be built on a firm foundation and a faulty one. And a lot of people are building their lives on faulty foundations that when the pressures of life do come, their minds will be challenged. But those who build their minds on the rock that lasts forever, which is Jesus, then you're going to be able to withstand all pre uh, pressures. The reason why many people, we're not talking about special cases when it comes to mental illnesses, but what are we talking about? Just life, anxiety, pressures, and stress. A lot of people's minds are breaking down because they built their entire lives on a foundation that is not established forever. See, the thing about the things of God is that it's not earthbound, it's eternally set, meaning that the that 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 it lasts forever. That it's important for you and I as believers or skeptics to really think through life and see is what I'm building my life on sure is what I'm building my life on guaranteed. And I got to make sure that I do not go through life consuming myself with past pains, present pressures, and the threat of potential problems. Talk about those three. 
Right now, the reason why many people's minds are breaking down is because they're overly consuming themselves with the past pain. Because of a traumatic experience, because of an abuse, because of what may have happened in life, now they're allowing um, the, the, the past, the haunting pressures of their past and the painful experience they went through to cause them to be mentally fragile, meaning that if any pr present pressure was to connect with that past pain, then that person's mind will collapse under the pressure. And a lot of people's minds are collapsing because they're anchoring their minds uh, on, on faulty foundations as well as consuming themselves with past pains, present pressures, meaning right now the pressures of life, the pressures of work, financial pressures, family pressures, things that are pressuring you at the moment. Potential problems. There are a lot of people, the reason why their minds are breaking down because they are full of anxiety because of, of potential problems. And then potential problems may occur. Oh, what if this doesn't happen? Or what if this does happen? And many people's minds are not ready for the predictable and unpredictable. Their minds are not ready for, for the pressuring periods of life. And my question to you is, <clears throat> is your mind built strong enough not to break down? A good building is a building built with circumstances in mind, built with weather challenges in mind, built and <clears throat> with 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 great materials that if when no matter what storm, no matter what earthquake, no matter what wind, no matter what pressure that that mindset or that person will last. Let's keep going. The mind of Christ is the strongest mindset to have. The mind of Christ is the strongest mindset to have. I have to be able to set my mind on things that are above. Let's read the scripture, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. It says, do not be anxious. That's a command. God is saying, do not be anxious about anything, anything, not some things. He's not saying there's two or three things you can be anxious about. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but, but. But means I know there's going to be some anxiety. I know there's going to be some worries. But this is how you solve the, the, the grippling effects of anxiety. And that is, but in everything by prayer. Prayer means dialogue, conversation, venting, uh, processing with your friend. That's, that is God. Heavenly Father wanted friendship with man and woman. And he says, but everything by praise, like talk to me. What's up? What's on your heart? Vent. Get it out of your system. And with supplication, with humility, with the right kind of mind, with thanksgiving. Meaning that in order for me to neutralize the effects of anxiety, I have to couple that anxiety pressure with, with the potency of thanksgiving. That when I begin to look in my life and realize that I have so much to be thankful for, that my mind is set on things that are pure, lovely, of good report, then I won't find myself full of anxiety. Let's keep going. It says, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's important. God doesn't always promise you the promises you the product of your prayers. But what he does promise you and guarantees you in every moment is his peace. His peace will surpass all your understanding. You're not going to be able to in your fleshly mind to a degree calculate um, how this bill is going to get paid. Calculate when is when you're going to get that new job. Calculate is God even going to redeem this marriage? But the fact that he gave you his peace means that he's heard. And many of us have to appreciate the peace instead of bypassing the peace and being uh, even more anxious or have an attitude because our 
prayer request is not coming in a timely matter. God doesn't send things your way just to send them your way. God is not Amazon Prime. What you uh, uh, ask for is not guaranteed to get here in two days. God is not like an employer. Just because you do and you're faithful for two weeks doesn't mean that you're going to get what you're asking for at a timely two-week bi-weekly manner. He just says, appreciate my understanding, my, uh, the, my peace that will surpass your understanding, and know that it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In what Christ did for you because he he finished and fulfilled his purpose now we are able to be kept mentally and emotionally from being uh 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 drastically affected or mentally broken down now here's first eight it says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is honorable Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He says, think about things that are that are true. Is it true what you're going through? Is it factual? It, it may be true in the earth realm, but is it true eternally? You got to think on things that's honorable. You can't think on dishonorable things and, and hate and envy and jealousy and, and whatever. You got to think about what is just, what is the right thing to do at that point or situation? What is pure, genuine, authentic? What is lovely, man? What is What, what, what will bring and stir up the love in other people? What is commendable where people say, man, that is commendable. That, that, was, that was very respectful. I, I liked what you did. He says, think on these things. We'll talk more about that as we navigate. Next, next point. The mind wasn't designed, hear me, the mind wasn't designed to constantly process stress. God didn't design your mind to process big amounts of stress. It was designed to delegate it and release it. Your mind was developed, was designed to process what's going on by thinking on what's true, by thinking on what's lovely, by thinking on what's just, by thinking on what's right and honorable and commendable. By thinking through these things, I am now able to delegate the stress through exercise, through community, through relationship with God. I'm then now able, um, um, how can I put it? Now I'm able to release it. If it's a issue that's bothering me, if I'm going through something, I'm able to release it. It wasn't designed to constantly hold on to stress. The enemy wants you to hold on to stress longer than you need because if you hold on to stress mentally and emotionally, it will wear you out. Let's keep going. One of the fruits, listen to me, one of the fruits of idolatry or self-sufficiency is mentally breaking down. When a person idolizes someone or something or makes this thing or someone their God or their sole source of provision, their sole source of favor, or they believe they don't need God, they want to be self-sufficient, the end result of that is mental breakdown. Your mind breaks down when you believe that you can do it all by yourself or your own way. Or it breaks down due to the due to you idolizing someone. If you idolize the idea of marriage, or you idolize the idea of, of success, if you idolize the idea of different things in life, then if those things do not happen, your mind will break down because that was the foundation. Those any and everything under God, uh, uh, anything and everything other than God, is faulty foundations. 
So your mind, if it's anchored on the idea of relationship or the idea of money and success, then when when that period of season come of pruning or when that season of testing come or when life just throws something crazy at you, your mind won't be able to handle it because the foundation has been shaken. But if your mind is built on the rock who is Jesus and your mind is built on things that are true, lovely, honorable, commendable, then when life hits you, you will still have the right perspective to endure that pressuring period. Let's keep going. Things break when either its walls are unable to handle pressure or when it's mishandled. Things break when either its walls are unable to handle pressure or when it's mishandled. Your mind will break when you allow your mind to always think about anxieties, things that are stressing you, past pains, present pressures, and potential problems. When you allow your mind to overly consume itself in those different things, then your mind is not going to be able to process what you went through, what you're going through, what you may go through simultaneously. And then when those things have reached this boiling point or breaking point, your mind breaks. Or when you allow your mind to be held by deceptive ideologies or held by deceptive individuals, and when they mishandle you or abuse you, then all of a sudden you have a traumatic experience. All of a sudden you have, you go through a period of questioning God, you go through a period or whatever, and then your mind begins to be broken down. Let's keep going. The enemy wants you broken down mentally, period. The enemy wants you broken down mentally. If he can get your mind to overlook, overwork, I mean, if he can get your mind to overwork or to be outdated, then he can affect the opportunities you can capitalize on. That's genius. The enemy is a genius. He knows what he's doing. His ultimate objective is to break the believer down mentally and break people down mentally. Because he says, if I can get your mind to overwork, if I can get your mind to overwork, or I can cause your mind to be outdated, where you're still practicing old systems, trying to, trying to find yourself or fix new issues, then he can affect the opportunities you can capitalize on. God wants us to capitalize on opportunities that he before ordained for us to walk in. There are certain things throughout life, through our obedience, through our allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God, are able to capitalize on. But if I can overwork the person's mind, overrun the person's mind, or cause that person to overlook certain things that they should be addressing, or cause their minds to be outdated, then when opportunities come, there are two mentally weighed down, 50 or 60 different tabs open that that that, that book they were supposed to get to, that business they were supposed to get to, that 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 ministry they, or business they were supposed to start never gets done because they're mentally processing past pains, present pressures, potential problems. Let's keep going. When you're broken down, okay, here we go. Capital, a mentally congested person, hear me, a mentally congested individual is useless to God. Outdated, good question. Outdated means that you still believing in old systems that cannot solve current problems. Your mind is outdated. You still believe in, in, in stuff that, that is unable to fix current problems. You're, you're outdated. It's like your mind hasn't had an update. Your mind hasn't had an upgrade. You have not upgrade your mind and your vocabulary, your understanding of God's word. You still going off the Sunday school stuff from, from when you were seven or eight years old. It's outdated. We got to go from glory to glory. We got to go from the elementary doctrine to 
the faith, to mature uh, stewardship, being able to really process and discern and navigate this new world. What happened 50 years ago, the techniques and the strategies of 50 years ago is not going to be solid enough to a degree. At the core, it may be, but as far as the methodologies may not be able to really move the climate now. That's what I mean by outdated. Thank you for doing that so I can bring clarity. A mentally congested individual, that's right, from milk to meat, that's real. A mentally congested individual is useless to God. How can God use a person whose mind is weighed down, whose mind is breaking down, whose mind is overly nervous, overly anxious, stressed? How can God use a person? Let's keep going to have a lot of notes. When you're broken down mentally, you move oddly. When your mind is breaking down, listen, I'm not speaking, I'm not a doctor, I'm not speaking as if I know everything about mental illness or mental issues, but I know from my personal experience, when I used to idolize ministry or idolize the idea of marriage or idolize uh, what success looks like, then when those things were tested or those things were shaken, I had mental breakdowns to the point to where I almost con I contemplated suicide twice. That I, that I was willing, I remember when I was in my mom's car, when I didn't even have a car, and I was in my mom's car and, and things were happening around me and I had these pressuring thoughts. This pressure of the moment was like, flip the car, Josh, but something in me, the Holy Spirit, which I know, Holy Spirit gripped me and, re and re uh, re renewed me mentally in that moment let me know that he's with me and that god is still using me but i know what happens when my mind broke down that stuff i had anxiety attacks I, my hands and fingers would tingle my arms would go numb i had headaches i had vertigo at one time so i know what mental breakdown is but it's crazy when i look back at my life and i see wow i'm going through similar pressures i'm going through similar circumstances i'm going through similar people but my mind is not breaking down because I came to a place of maturity where I anchored my mind and my body on the things of God. And there's even things that may test me daily. What about your testimony in Christ? Should you even say that you're a person of God if you exhibit such characteristics? No, I just think you're a work in progress. All of you, the thing about life is you don't know what life's going to throw at you. That's why the Bible says build yourself up in your most holy faith because you never know what life is going to throw at you. And you, we can act like we're, we're there. The Bible says when you stand, take heed lest you fall. You're never going to be at a place of supreme, premium, perfect um, maturity. But what you should be able to be at as a believer is watchful and prayerful so that you don't fall into temptations that will lead you into mental breakdown. So those things are in a lot of believers. You know, I don't know what may happen to me tomorrow, what may happen to me next year. God forbid anything real bad, but life, drastic things will happen and you are going to be tested. But I got points here that will help you build your mind up to be prepared for what life throws at you. Let's keep going. The bulk of life, the bulk of life is how you handle what is thrown at you. The bulk of life is how you handle. It's not about what is thrown at you. It's how you handle what's thrown at you. The state of your mind will determine how you handle what is thrown at you. If your mind is not solid, if your mind is not secure, if your mind is not built up in a place where it's able to maneuver through the masquerades of deception and, and pressures, if your mind is not built up, if your mind is not strengthened, then if the state of your mind is poor, you're going to handle things poorly. 
If the state of your mind is developed properly, it will handle things properly, even the most pressuring situations, because your mind is aware that you are a son or daughter of God. Your mind is aware of the Christ's righteousness that's been appeared to you. Your mind is completely aware that you have authority in this earth realm. But if your mind hasn't allowed those different key points to be the framework of your mind, then when life challenges you on that fact, you're going to fall. It doesn't matter what you face. Because of who you are in Christ, you can mentally withstand any pressures. But if you don't have that in the framework, in the drywall, in the brick of your mind, the material of your mind, your mind will break down. The bulk of life is how you handle what is thrown at you. The state of your mind will determine how you handle what is thrown at you. Let's keep going. Right now, your mind is either breaking or being built up. Right now, you may not even know it's breaking. You may not even know that you have a crack in your foundation. You may not even know that you got six months before your, before the next phase or the pressuring point comes in your life. You got to be aware of the state of your mind. Is your mind being built up with the word of God? Is your mind being strengthened with the right materials so that when life does throw stuff at you, that you will be able to endure? My question is based on a little but significant of what I've heard of this video, but could identify with. Well, keep following me. You'll be able to get more information. I'm going through the, 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 the preliminary things now. Then we're going to get to the meat and then get to the solution. Let's keep going. Success is determined by how you handle stress and pressure. A successful marriage is predicated on how both people handle pressure. A successful ministry is how the, the, the leaders handle pressure. The success of a business is predicated on how the leader and his, and his, and his or her board handles pressure. Success is determined by how you handle stress and pressure. How do you handle stress and pressure when they come your way? True success is, is that's why you got to think about it. The people who are paid the most in any company are those who are able to handle pressure. You, people get mad like, why is the CEO, why is he or she getting paid more than me, but I do more with my hands? Those who can handle responsibilities mentally deserve to get paid more than those who can only do things physically. If all you know how to do is break brick or build or do whatever on a basic level or clean or whatever, nothing wrong with those different things. But I'm saying the reason why people get made more is because they, they, they get paid based upon their ability to handle stress, their ability to handle pressure. And the, and the way you exalt yourself or the way a, a man or woman of God is exalted and the things of God is based upon how they're able to handle pressure. If you can't handle responsibility and pressure at this level, then you shouldn't be aspiring to go up. But God is saying, I want to prepare you mentally. The Bible says you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind has to go through certain renewal points in order for you to be promoted to a place of stewardship. Next point, being in the presence of, hear me, being in the presence of and having the perspectives of God will help you handle stress. Being in the presence of God, where there's peace, understanding, wisdom, counsel in his presence. What happens when I'm at work and I literally feel like a spirit of irritation and agitation is on me and I'm listening to, to a sermon and the pastor starts praying and the spirit literally leaves. What is that? It's the spirit of God in that person bear witness, bear witnessing with your spirit in you. 
there are certain people that we are called to. Like, that's why you can't just go to any church. You got to go to the church that God calls you to because that community of people and the under shepherd of that place will be able to connect with you. And so their level of maturity, their level of understanding with the word will help you break free. You got to understand that those who understand the spiritual world knows how to pray over people and allow them to be free spiritually. See, real recognize real. Real demons recognize real men and real women of God. And you need to be up under people or around people who can build you up and strengthen you so that when they do pray for you, they can let go of those demonic spirits off of your mind, off of your emotions. Let's keep going. Being in the presence of and having the perspectives of God will help you handle stress. You got to have the right perspective. You got to have the right mindset. You got to have the right ability to perceive what's going on. So where you where you able to say, OK, I'm going to pace myself because I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to think like Christ wants me to think in this point. I'm going to go to God's word when I feel unclear to find uh, clarity. I'm going to engage the Holy Spirit as a dear friend. So I can be able to be led. You're so welcome. That's what I'm able to be led appropriately. There are no, listen, there are no overwhelming pressures in the presence of or in the will of God. When you're in the will of God and you understand and perceive the will of God correctly to the place of maturity where you're able to pace yourself, then you won't really feel pressure. Because when you're in the will of God, the will of God is a simple life. You don't add unnecessary things. You don't add unnecessary people to your life. You don't practice unnecessary things or sinful things. You in a simple flow, simple flow, contentment, um, um, the balance of God. That's why you got to just seek the will of God, seek the presence of God and stay there. Let's keep going. We all have to learn how to handle pressuring periods. No matter who you are, no matter how great your life is, you will face pressuring periods, periods or trial periods where you just got to go through it. You just got to go through it. And you, we all have to learn how to handle pressuring periods because no matter how long you live, you're going to go through a tough period. And if you are not mentally strong enough, you will break down mentally in the process. Next point, And we got um, some symptoms and some causes and we're going to be out your way. Anxiety and stress reveals either a false dependency or an old or new fear. Anxiety builds, stress builds, I mean, what is revealed either, uh, will either reveal a false dependency. So if your dependency is in your job or your dependency is on how much money you make, if you lose that job, if your faith is more in that job than in God, anxiety is going to build. If you're in a relationship with someone that you love and you idolize and you and you have idolized the idea of being with them, then if something was to happen to that person or your relationship, anxiety and stress builds. Or when tough periods in a relationship occur, stress builds. Tough periods in ministry occur, stress builds. But your mind has to be constantly in the in the in the premises of God's perspectives in those current situations where you able to navigate mentally. When I was going through my mental breakdowns and I had go, I went through such deep anxiety. 
I had to retrain my mind to think on things that are true and lovely and to really think about who I am in Christ, what I'm supposed to do. And I literally, what used to take me hours or days to overcome anxiety takes me minutes now because all I go do, I go find me a peaceful place when I feel anxiety creeping in my life because of an unexpected thing that may occur or a demonic attack. I go and I pray in tongues. I go seek God. I pray in tongues. I pray. I begin to thank. I, be, I begin to couple my, my talk with God with thanksgiving. And in a matter of minutes, the anxiety is gone. That took some time to build. That it takes maturity. But if you are willing, God through his spirit will help you get there. OK, let's keep going. What are the symptoms or the setup of a mental breakdown? What are the symptoms or the setup? How the devil, they, they, the demons want to set you up. What are the symptoms or the setup of a mental breakdown? These are 13 symptoms or setup points that shows that you are either having a mental breakdown, soon to have a mental breakdown, etc. Number one, anxiety and depression. When there's a lot of anxiety and you have deep depression or depression at all, that's a symptom of a mental breakdown. That's a symptom of a false dependency. That's a symptom of not making God your, your rock. That's the symptoms that your mind is not made of the right materials. Number two, a symptom of a, or the setup of a mental breakdown, low self-esteem. If you don't see yourself the way God sees you, or if you don't see yourself accurately, that's the symptom of a mental breakdown. That's a symptom of a mental breakdown occurring or, or, about, or about to occur. It's when you have low self-esteem. The enemy wants to break your esteem, to think of yourself uh, 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 lowly, to think of yourself not humbly, but to think of yourself inaccurately. He wants you to look at yourself like you ain't nothing, that you ugly, that everyone's got a better this or that. Everyone's getting married but you, and it must be because of your forehead. It must be because of your ears. It must be because of, of your whatever, and God is forsaking you. He wants you to have low self-esteem, and if you struggle with low self-esteem, you cannot look at your life based upon how you see you. You got to go to the Word of God and hear what He says about how He sees you. And when you understand that, you'll be able to say, I have the right esteem. And you got to say it out loud. I see myself the way God sees me. I am a son. I am a daughter of God. And nothing, I'm, go I'm not going to allow anything in my mind to hinder that. That's why we all as uh, believers have to learn how to cast down vain and vain, vain, and valid, I mean, vain imaginations. How I do it is I get a sheet of paper and a pen and I write vain on one side and valid on the other side. And when I have a vain thought, why, why is this thought? Okay, I, I, okay, that's what I do. No, no, no. I write my thoughts down. And beside the thoughts, I write down vain or valid. Sometimes if you if you only see your thoughts in your mind, then you will entertain those thoughts because there's emotions connected to it. But when you put your thoughts on paper and you really look at how dumb they are and how stupid they are and how vain they are, it's easy to cast down that vain imagination. And what I do is I write down my thought, I write down vain and valid, and then I write down a scripture that proves the validity or the vanity of that thought. So now I have a scripture context. I have a, I have a, I can also go to a place in my past where I'm able to say, God brought me through this before. Why am I stressing about this? The same God that brought me from the lion and the bear, the same one that's going to help me defeat this Goliath, the same one that brought me through will bring me out. And that's real. Low self-esteem. 
Number three, helplessness. Helplessness. When you feel like I don't even want to be helped. I don't think I can help myself. There's no hope for me. Helplessness. Number four, withdrawing from or avoiding community. A symptom or a setup of mental breakdown. The enemy sets you up by causing you to withdraw, causing you to avoid the right kind of community or withdrawing you or having you go into a community that's not safe for you. If you find yourself withdrawing, a mental breakdown is soon to come or a mental breakdown is occurring. You got to be surrounded by solid people that can encourage you, that can put courage in you. Encourage is putting courage in someone. And you got to get to a place of maturity where you're not so dependent on people's encouragement, but you have grown to a place of maturity where you can encourage yourself. When David and the men came back from battle and their wives and children were kidnapped and taken, the people were so mad at David to the point to where they was about to stone him. David said, go get me the e-file. I'm going to go worship God. I'm going to go pray to God. And I'm going to and I'm going to see what God is. And the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he asked God, should I go and recover all? And God said, not only should do I want you to go, but you will recover all. You got to know when to worship, when to get on your knees, when to see God, knowing that it doesn't matter if everybody's kidnapped. It doesn't matter if I lost my job. It doesn't matter if whatever you lose. You got to know where to go. That was that was the dep depression could have creeped in David. That could have been the end of David's story right there. You mean to tell me you got thousands upon thousands of men ready to stone you because now they, their wives and their children were kidnapped? But David said in that pressuring moment, he was able to say, you know what? Priest, give me the ephod. I'm about to go where I know what works. I'm the one that write these songs. I know that I've, I've been in the shadow of death. I, he, but he laid me, what's it, Psalms 23. I know. Yeah, does food and exercise affect mental breakdown? If so, to, it sure does. Your body gives out endorphins. So the best way, that's why God created exercise and created different rest elements. I'm, I have a lot of those things in here that I'm going to go through and I'll make it plain there. Let's keep going. Number five, irregular sleep habits. The enemy knows that you are only as good or as solid as your sleep. Sleep allows your body to recover. If you rarely sleep, then your body can recover. And then disease, because stress is a leading cause of disease, leading cause of death, begins to wear the body. If the mind is overworking, then the spleen will overwork, then the liver will overwork, then the thyroid will overwork, then the digestive system will overwork. But when you have rhythm and regularity in your life, <clears throat> you won't find yourself disease. Disease is dis-ease. He wants you to be uneasy all the time. Number six, difficulty focusing or forgetfulness. A symptom of a soon to come or a potentially breakdown coming or a setup for it is when you it's hard for you to focus somewhere in your foundation. You're shaking and it's hard for you to focus on the task at hand and you become forgetful. Number seven, emotional and physical drain without cause. When you find yourself emotionally drained and physically drained and you can't even really connect the dots of how it got there. 
then your mind is breaking down. Your mind is not strong enough to handle the next wave. And if <clears throat> and if you are exib ex exhibiting some of these symptoms, and but you haven't had a mental breakdown, you got to gird those areas up. Because if your mind is showing any of these different things, God forbid if something crazy happens or something that's not even that big, but becomes big to you, comes in your life, you're jacked up. Number eight, suicidal thoughts. You, suicidal thoughts mean you you basically have an emotional breakdown. I know, Brittany, but God's going to deliver you today. God's going to help you today. Suicidal thoughts. Thinking about killing yourself, meaning that you ain't even thinking about God helping you. You're not even thinking about the potential of the Father bringing you through. You're just ready to quit. Number nine, you got a short fuse. All they said was, I like your shirt, and you just snap. If you eagerly um, aggravated, agitated, then your mind is breaking down or your mind is not strong or made with the right materials. You always got a short fuse. People that are joyful has a long fuse. You see what I'm saying? And the enemy wants it to be longer than that. He wants it more than three years. He wants us to be always broken down and worn out so that we'll never do the will of God. Number 10, body aches. Your body hurt. You're like, man, I ain't even worked out. I ain't even did that. I'm sore. It's because your muscles are tense. You, you know, your muscles are tense. Um, 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 your arteries are tense. Your nerves are tense. Your organs are tense. And it builds body aches. Trust me, I've gone through a lot of these. So I'm speaking from experience. Number 11, a lack of joy. If you just, you, you just can't even, you can't even find a joy. You can't find joy, anything. My short fuse is coming from me letting things build up until they start to, that's right. We got to, we got to nip things in the bud early. A lack of joy. You have no joy. There's nothing in life that you could point at and says, father, I thank you. That means your mind is not made of the right stuff because you're saying that my life is based upon conditions. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based upon conditions. Joy is not based upon conditions. There are people with a one bedroom, half bath. They have to shower outdoors who has more joy than a person with 20 bedrooms and 20 baths. Money doesn't make you joyful. It makes you happy because you have the right conditions. But when those conditions are affected, now you're depressed. A person can lose and gain, but their contentment is in God. That means their joy. Thing. The Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. And Josh, you don't even listen, bro. There is your reason for living is greater than your reason for dying. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're facing. God will bring you out. I try almost I didn't I didn't commit it, but I contemplated committing suicide twice. Once as a teenager with a knife. The second one, maybe six or seven years ago in my car. Life happens. But I learned from that and realized, yo, life is bigger than this. Life is greater than this. I can't get so consumed in, in these faulty foundations. And when I got my mind right and I got my mind anchored in Jesus, when I do go through pressuring periods or moments, I'm able to get over them easily, get the anxiety off, go lift weights, go for a run. That's why I hoop three times a week. That's why I'm, I do my liquid chlorophyll and my turmeric and my cayenne pepper and my apple cider vinegar and my juicing because I got systems around me to ensure that I know what to go to and how to do it and sustain a place of mental buildup. So that when life does come, I'm strong. If the body is weak, when crazy stuff happens, heart attacks, strokes, all that stuff happens. That's why stress is the leading cause of death. Number 12, you don't got no motivation. You've been looking at that book for six months, no motivation. 
I know. I know. That's why this message for you. That's why I went through so much to get this message because I knew it was for a lot of people. Man, you have no motivation to do the book. You don't got no motivation to get that music out. You don't have no motivation. Man, that shows that your mind is not made of the right material. Number 13, poor eating and hygiene habits. You just start eating crazy. Emotional eating comes from why ungodly people seem so successful. They don't acknowledge God enough. They, they seem successful. They seem happy, but they're not happy. You never judge a person by how they drive their car. You don't judge a person by how they talk about their house. You don't judge a person by how bad they discuss or how great they feel their wife or husband is. Nobody really knows what happens when those doors are closed. That's why you never compare yourself with seem. You compare yourself with what you know. And when you know for a fact, listen, I've counseled a lot of rich people. I've talked to rich people and I've and they are more they I, they make so much more money than me. But I'm more happy than them. I'm more full of joy than them. It, the ungodly people are not happy. They made deals they wish they can get out of. They can't sleep at night. They just got they just got chefs. They just got money to buy conditions to make them look happy. But when they're alone in those closed doors, those demons they made deals with torment them. You got poor eating and hygiene habits. Wow, this is my life right now. Emotional eating to the point where I feel that's it. He knows if he knows if I can get to the mind, I can get to the body. If I can get to the body, I can get to the purpose. What that means is if I can get to your mind and make you go mentally crazy and mentally fragile or not mentally tough, then I get you emotionally eating these foods with chemicals, these foods that affect your organs. You start drinking a lot. You start eating a lot. You start sleeping with people. You start doing these different things. Now I set the body to be diseased. I set the body up to be sick. I set the body to be messed up. And when the body's messed up, when the next wave of pressure comes, I have a higher percent chance of getting a heart attack. I have a higher percent chance of, of a stroke. And now you disabled or you dead. The enemy wants you disabled or dead. He wants you disabled or dead. And he does that by making you fragile mentally. Now, what causes or sets up a mental breakdown? What causes or sets up a mental breakdown? Of course, I got an acronym. That spells break. What causes or sets up a mental breakdown? B-R-E-A-K. Real quickly, there's a lot of points. I just want to make sure I get done in an hour before my camera, my video starts doing. No, actually, I believe it's going to, it's going to fulfill what it's supposed to be. What causes or sets up a mental breakdown? Carrying unnecessary burdens. Oh, my gosh. We carry stuff that we shouldn't be carrying. Carrying a relationship we know ain't going nowhere. Carrying um, uh, insecurities that ain't even really valid. Carrying thoughts that really has no validity. We're carrying unnecessary burdens. You got three jobs to keep up with the Jones. You don't got to. Listen, the more simple your life is, the less burdens you have. Right? That's real condemnation. It affects you as well. But B, carry unnecessary burdens. What burdens are you carrying right now that you can cut out your life? Why are you carrying that man? Why are you carrying that woman? That woman don't really want to work work and build herself up. That man doesn't want to work and build himself up. Why are you carrying those unnecessary burdens? That's what's going to break you down mentally. Because that's what the Bible said, don't be unequally yoked. Because when you're trying to pull yourself and a and a and a per and you gotta drag another person and you gotta drag the carriage. 
Not only are you carrying you, now you got to carry the weight of another person and their baggage that's on the carriage. You don't got time. You don't have time to carry unnecessary burdens. Next B, bad thought habits. You don't know how to think right. You think improperly. When we have poor thinking skills, we begin to sink. We begin to sink. Your mind breaks down when you don't have the right thought processes and patterns that will help you to overcome what's attacking you. So when something comes in your mind, how do you process it? And the thing about it is, that's why I love what David said. I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I keep the word of God on deck. I keep the right perspectives on deck. I acknowledge that I have the mind of Christ often. I often say I got the mind of Christ. Christ, Holy Spirit, show me how Jesus would think in this situation. And then, man, you'll be able to process bad thought patterns, bad thought habits, habits begins to cuddle and coddle bad demonic thoughts placed in your mind or personal thoughts. Next B, pressuring beauty and bulking standards. Pressuring beauty and bulking standards. It sets you up for mental breakdown. You as a woman going after these beauty standards that if I don't look like this and then you get all this alterations and all this makeup and there's nothing wrong with makeup, but you, but you look like a clown. You see what I'm saying? You got all these different uh, uh, things in your, as far as the standards of beauty that you begin to break down mentally because you don't think you as beautiful as God sees you. It don't matter what you look like. You're beautiful to God and God. And there's going to be a group of people. Is it okay to enhance your appearance? It's nothing wrong with enhancing your appearance. But if enhancing your appearance is what makes you feel valuable, then it's wrong. I feel like the devil has, has had me on mute, leaving me to my thoughts all over the place. That's why you got to fight. You got to fight. You got to know how to separate what's vain and what's valid. Pressuring beauty standards is what affects women, some women. That if I don't look like, if I don't have this type of look, and like I said before, there's nothing wrong with enhancing your appearance. But if the enhancing of your appearance is what makes you feel valuable, then you idolize some kind of appearance. But if you just want to look good because you want to look better, and you see there are things that helps you look the way you want to look or look your best, but your best is not idolized, then you're good. I used to enhance my appearance to feel valuable and God revealed to me in prayer that I no longer, you don't have to, you don't have to. If you don't like, if you don't like the you without makeup, listen, there ain't, a, there ain't enough makeup out there that can make up what God can do. You know what I'm saying? Like so many people, a lot of ladies, they're like, I don't like how, if you can't walk out the house without no makeup, you just got to really question why. I'm not sitting there saying, you just got to question why. Bulking standards for fellas, bulking. How can I have more? How can I have the right body? How can I have the bigger car? How can I have the bulky body, the bulky car, the bulky house? Now all of a sudden you're pressuring, uh, give me the block, block ministries in the building, give me one second. So, so what you gotta understand is you can't be so caught up in bulking standards. Like, like I don't got the best car. I got a great car. I don't have the bulkiest car. I don't have the bulkiest body. I don't have the bulkiest um, uh, house. I have a 
blessed house. I have a great house. I have a great um, um, life, but I can't go by the bulky standards. I have to return with all my heart and with fasting. That's real. We got to get to the to the basics. Were we able to see ourselves the way God wants us to see ourselves? Fellas, you can't be pressured by these bulking standards. Next, B, life unbalanced. You just unbalanced. There's no discipline. There's no strategy. There's no strategic approach about life. There's no plan. Life unbalanced. Next point, overbelief. You overly believe in that person. You overly believe in yourself. When you overbelieve, then you idolize what you believe in in that in that in that in, in that way. So you can't put all your belief in this person because if that person fails you, your mind breaks down. I would have never thought he would have cheated. I would have never thought that she would cheat it. I would have never thought that 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 this would happen. I didn't think this preacher would do that. I didn't think that woman would have done that. Don't put don't overly believe in anyone. But God, last B, burnout, burn out. You done overworked yourself. Now you now the, the gas handle is way up under E. Now you're burning out. What causes a sense of a mental breakdown? Carrying unnecessary burdens, bad thoughts, pressuring, beauty and bulky standards, life unbalanced, overbelief and burnout. Number two are not resting the mind. If you don't rest your computer, if you don't rest your car, if you overwork your car, you overwork your computer, you overwork your phone, it starts getting hot, it starts freezing, it starts not working properly. You gotta rest your mind. You can't think 24 seven. You gotta learn how to rest your mind. And, and, and that's by thinking on things that are true. You gotta intentionally think on things that are true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable. You gotta intentionally, no, I'm gonna think about the, good, the goodness of God. I'm gonna think on good things. I'm gonna rest my mind. I'm gonna relax. I'm not gonna overly entertain myself, but I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, on Saturdays, on Sundays, on Fridays, you do what you do to relax your mind. That's right. What are some things, comment below, what are some things that you do to rest your mind? Cause that's important. I just do it for fun though. Is that, I, I didn't see your first part of your question, I'm sorry. Not releasing toxicity. What causes mental breakdown? Basically unforgiveness. You gotta let Jimmy go, yo. You gotta let Beth go. Just sowing, guarding, that's good. You gotta let Beth go. That girl, that girl hurt you five years ago. You gotta let her go. You gotta let Jimmy Johns go. And go to Jimmy Johns and get you a sub and treat yourself, okay? You can't even go to Jimmy Johns because you dated a Jimmy and you dated a John. They both hurt you. Now you don't even want no sub and you know you like they subs. Go to Jimmy Johns and treat yourself. You got to release that unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the ultimate things that leads to mental breakdown. Because all of a sudden your mind starts breaking down when you start seeing that person being blessed up. <laughs> that person that hurt you, you start seeing them getting blessed up. Your unforgiveness starts breaking down mentally. I can't believe she got a man. I can't believe he got a wife. Remoteness is next R. Remoteness, meaning isolation. What sets you up or causes a breakdown? You start becoming remote. You start isolating yourself. You start separating yourself. Irregular habits, meaning no disciplines. Mental breakdown is the fruit of no discipline to a degree. 
If you don't discipline your body, discipline your mind, discipline your emotions, you will break down. E, E, that's right, I love music. Forgiveness, I know it's so hard. I got a video on, I got a lot of videos on unforgiveness. Just type in unforgiveness or forgiveness and Joshua Azzi, I have a ton of videos on that topic. E, what causes sets up mental breakdown? Idolatrous emotional attachments. No trust in man. I'm about to get there. Idolatrous emo. I'm like like people got soul ties to people they never met. That's why you can't be binge watching all these people. And then you start thinking, oh, what if he was my husband? Oh, what if she was my wife? This idolatrous emotional connection leads to mental breakdown. You overly emotionally connect to that man, that woman, that person, that idea of life. That if that person doesn't become yours. If that way of life never becomes yours, then your mind breaks down. Unrealistic expectations. Out here talking about you 22 just got saved yesterday and you want to start a ministry? You just got saved the other day and you ready to go and, 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 and set captives free? That's an unrealistic expectation. Them demons going to hit you hard. You have a mental breakdown. Okay? A, abusive relationships. What causes or sets up a mental breakdown? Abusive relationships. When people don't think of themselves accurately according to how God wants them to see themselves, they will settle into abusive relationships or relationships that are not because abusive relationships are, 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 are manipulative relationships. They're manipulative in the beginning, then they turn abusive. They manipulate you. They make you feel like they're the one. They make you feel like that they're great. They make, them, they make you feel like they're your friend. And then once the manipulation has set in and you have put your full trust in them, now the abuse happens because anyone who settles into an abusive relationship has no backbone of themselves. They may grow into understanding, but then they're so now sexually attached to them. Now they're emotionally attached to them. Now they're sinking and settling for the abuse. Nobody deserves to be abnormally used. But the reason why people are abnormally used or abused is because they don't even know their normal use. Since I know my normal use, I don't hang around certain people. Why? Since I know my normal use, I don't subject myself or settle myself under certain people or things or thoughts because I know who I am. Abusive relationships. Next one, unprepared for and unrecognizable demonic attacks. Is what causes or sets a mental breakdown. Unprepared for and unrecognizable. Uh, that's right. You, we allow it. That's right. Demonic attacks. The devil doesn't want you to be cognizant of his schemes. The Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. When you are ignorant of his devices, then you set yourself up to be attacked unpreparedly and to a place where you are so in a state of deception that you are unable to recognize and them demons are hitting you. You got 50 and 60 something thoughts in your mind that was placed specifically by demons. And now you're getting tossed to and fro, halt between two opinions, confused, in and out of relationships, in and out of drugs, all these different things because you are unprepared for or you can't recognize demonic attacks. Let's keep going. Okay. Overly trusting in what you know and not in who you should know. Mm. What causes or sets up mental breakdown? Overly trusting in what you know. You puffed up in your own mind. You think you know it all. You think you're ready for business. 
You think you're ready for marriage. You think you're ready for a church. You think you're ready for the business. You think you're ready for the next level. And you get so caught up in what you know, but you forget about who you should know. Because when you know God and you know his uh, promises and his premises, then you rest yourself. Nah, I'm not going to pursue this prematurely. I'm not going to pursue her prematurely. I'm not going to allow him to pursue me prematurely. I'm not going to start this ministry prematurely. I'm going to follow the pace of God. Because a lot of people get so caught up in overly trusting in what they know. that when they step into a place where they're not mature enough for, when them demons hit them across the face, their minds break down. Oh, but I thought I was strong. Now you done slept with the girl, and now, now your business all in the streets that you were sleeping. But you got a, I got a, you got a full wife and full kids at home. You done found yourself emotionally uh, uh, attached to a man that's not your husband because you stepped out there, and them demons say she's not strong in her self-esteem. He's not strong in his word. So all I gotta do is make them. The demons do this. They make you comfortable in the sin. They make you feel comfortable because oh wow, oh okay. But God is giving you grace, like, get it right, get it right, turn, turn. But you looking at it as clearance, clearance, clearance. No, it's like, God, like, yo, I'm about to put your business on front street, but you just keep going and sin because you think grace abounds. And then when you find out, like, dang, now I got her pregnant, but you got a full ministry, a full wife and full kids at home, and now you done lost it all? You got puffed up in your own knowledge versus being content and dependent in the one you should know, and that's your heavenly father. Now, what builds, what helps build up the mind? Here we go. This is where we, the solutions come in. What helps build up the mind to avoid mental breakdown? Okay. B, you know I had an acronym, B. <laughs> Give your mind a break. How to build up your mind? Give your mind a break. If you give your mind breaks, you don't have to worry about your mind breaking. There's got to be certain times of the day and certain times of the week that you give your mind a break. Next B, build your faith to ultimately be in God. You got to build your faith to the place where you say, no, I. this will help me overcome anxiety, overcome mental breakdown, overcome stress and all that stuff. Is when I, like, like five years ago, Josh would have never stopped local unplugged. I haven't done unplugged in about four or five months. The old Josh would have never let it go. God told me to let it go. I would have never let it go. God told me, I need you to, I need you to go serve your local church more than you serve this ministry. And I've been doing it for 10 years. The four, five year ago, Josh, would have never let that go. Would have never, because I had faith in it. This is going to get me out. This is what's going to make me successful. This was going to make me go viral. This was going to make me be big. This was going to make me, and all that stuff was vain. But now, I'm so free that I, I live such a simple life. There ain't really much that really bothers me. There may be things that agitate me, but it doesn't utterly cast me down into anxiety because I got my faith in God. I don't have to worry about uh, uh, the stresses that the world has to worry about because I'm connected to a, a higher power, a higher source. And when you have that, oh, thank you, Jennifer. I'm glad I'm here now. Like, like there's a freedom. 
I don't really care about uh, having the biggest ministry and having the most people come. That stuff is vain. I don't care about having the dopest graphics and doing all this different. Yeah, we unplug as these videos. I'm doing unplugging these videos because God said, hey, first off, I got married. And, 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 and if I'm a man that practices what I preach, then I, I, I'm going to put my family first. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put family next. And if God tells me, stop doing it. And I want you to go serve your pastor, go serve your local church and be invested in that. Because the Bible says, how can you take care of something? How can you take care of, of something that's not yours if you can't take care of what's another man's? So there's certain principles you have to go through to be ready for that next level. And if you got faith in that job, faith in that woman, faith in that man, faith in that ministry, then you will not follow God. In order to build up your mind, you got to you gotta get to a place where your faith is ultimately in God. I'm telling you, it saves you stress. It gives you sleep. It lets you know because God will supernaturally provide. But when you got faith in this, you got to provide for that. When you got faith in her, now and she ain't the right one and he ain't the right one, now you got to make that work. God is not going to sustain something that he didn't conceive. Next point. And believe that God loves you. God loves you, man. He may not like what you do, but he loves you. <laughs> God is a God is a person. People be thinking that God ain't a person. Like God, like God, like anyone who's been parents, I work at elementary school. I love all these kids. Do I like all of them? No. <laughs> when I have kids, I'm sure I'm going to love them unconditionally. But will I always like them? I'm going to always love my wife, but does that mean I'm always going to like her? My wife is going to always love me, but does that mean she's going to always like me? That's called relationship. She's not going to always like what I do, but she will still love me. You know, you... let's see, let me get this person out. Anyway, like you going to love people, but that doesn't mean you're always going to be uh, I like it. And God's like, I love you, but you got to know he loves you. And knowing that he wants you to be better. Let's keep going. And you got to break things up. You got to, if you want to build up your mind, you got to break the things that's burning your mind. I got to break this concrete over here. I got to break this up. You got to go to that man. Some of y'all got to go to that man right now and say, we, I got to break this up because this is becoming more of a burden than a blessing. The Bible says when he blesses, it adds the blessing adds no sorrow. God's blessings don't come with strings attached with it or with the concrete block at the end of it. And what you have to understand is you can't get so caught up on. I'm going to see if this works out. I hope that this works out. No, you got to break things up. Some of you guys got to go to that girl. And you know, she's more of a headache than she is a helpmate. Ooh. She's more of a headache than a helpmate. Break it up. He's hindering you more than helping you. Break it up. In order to get that mental peace and build your mind up, you got to be okay with telling something that you want. No, you got to be willing to tell what you desperately want, but that's out of the will of God. No, I rather, I rather have what God wants me to have than to be with something that God can't help me with. If she gives you more headaches than she is a helpmate or, or has the fruit of becoming a helpmate and y'all about to get married, break it up. Break up that friendship. Break it up. Break up. Break up that habit. Break it up. If you want to build up a strong mind. Next, you, you practice seeking understanding. Practice seeking understanding and become familiar with the processes and practices of God. In order to build up your mind. You got to seek understanding for every moment. 
I got a video called Emotional Attach Attachments on YouTube that will help you uh, understand emotional connections. Type in emotional attachments, Joshua has, and I got a full, maybe two or three videos on that topic that'll help you. Or type in emotions in Joshua Ezzy. That'll help you. Practice seeking understanding. I got to practice seeking understanding, seeking how to see this situation like the will of, like the way of God. Like they used to, I used to have anxiety attacks for stupid stuff. And until a point I had to understand, yo, you tripping. How do you deal with burdens in a long-term relationship? A prodigal child? Is that a son or a daughter relationship? Is that, is that like a child and parent relationship? Or are you talking about boyfriend and girlfriend? All right. You got to seek understanding. Like, God, why am I going through this? Is this self-caused or sent-caused? Or, or, or you caused it? Am I, did I cause this mess in my life? Or did you cause this trial in my life to develop me into a stronger person? You got to, in order to ease your mind, you got to seek to understand. You got to seek the right perspective of it. So that you're able to say, oh, I see why they have child and parent. Um, it depends on how old is the child. Is a child of age, like 18, 19, 20? Or is he 12 or 11 or she 12 or 11? I get excited with co-workers and spiritual warfare work. Greater see this in you. You got to believe it. You got to receive it and believe it and release it. And when you release it, you'll be able to see that you can actually change the climate of any room that you're in. Because it'll have to be uh, 19. 19, he grown. He or she has grown. So what you do is, and make sure. Now, ask me the question again. Now, if, if he's 19 years old, she's 19 year old, um, and there's friction, never, never attack a situation face to face unless you got to forgive, unless you got to confess. You fight, you fight a battle for a loved one behind their back. Never go face to face with a demon because the demon is going to only agitate him on the inside. Hear me. If you try to change him or you trying to uh, 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 convince him and he's not ready to be convinced, you trying to save him, but he's not ready to be saved or she. And you try to you always try to face them. You only going to talk to the demon. You wrestle not against flesh and blood. So what you understand is I don't fight this situation in my son face to face or my daughter face to face. I go to my prayer closet. And I go above and I get access to the father and demand a breakthrough and demand deliverance and war in the spirit for my for your child. Saying my son will be saved. My son will grow in the things of God. My son will hunger and thirst after righteousness. My son will be filled and you stick with it. You stay with it. Nobody break. Nobody cuts a tree down with one swing. Nor does a person cut a tree down. With sporadic swings, you cut a tree down by hitting that same spot over, over. It's called targeted prayers. You hit that spot over and over again, and eventually that stronghold will fall. Because if you try to face that demon faced up, it's only going to agitate you because you're emotionally connected. That's your child. You're going to be emotionally connected. That's right. The word is like a chainsaw. Cut that thing down. He knows that if you face what you love face to face, then I can use what you love to cause you to be emotionally affected. So what you do is you limit face to face contact in regards to trying to change him. All you do is face to face. Show him love or daughter. Show your daughter love. Things I'm going to do. do I, listen, you you that child's mother or father. You have the authority. That's that came from you. Don't let demons, don't let the devil have your children. No, 
you go, you go in that closet and you get your knees scraped up because you prayed them back home and watch it happen. You got to practice. You can understand in every situation. You got to become familiar with the process and the practice of God. You got to be familiar on how God moves out here in these streets, man. You got to be familiar about how God thinks about things so that you won't be so confused or leaving what God wants you to stay in or trying to stay in something he wants you to leave. Next point, I, you got to be intentional in overcoming all obstacles. You got to be intentional in overcoming all obstacles through the help of the Holy Ghost. I said with the help of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the spirit of God is the comforter. He comforts you through tough times. He comforts you in challenging you. He comforts you. You got to be able to say, greater is he that's in me. And I will overcome this situation. And you got to be intentional. I'm going to think right. I'm going to feel right about this. I'm going to believe right about this the right way. Because the greater is the one that's in me, the Holy Ghost, who will help me. L, you got to look on and think on things that are above. L, you got to look on and think on things that are above. You got to think on things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. And you got to be intentional about thinking on those things and looking on what is God doing? Many of us, we think that we in a warfare, but it's actually God working things out for your good. You think it's warfare, but that's God working. <laughs> you get mad at God working. You thinking it's warfare. Why am I going through this? Why did I lose this friend? Why did I lose this uh, the love of my life? Why did I lose this job? You think it's warfare. No, that's God working on your behalf. When I lost my job at Wells Fargo, I thought, I thought, oh, shoot. <laughs> and the next thing you know, God set me with the job with the why. You know, like, what you think is warfare sometimes? It's God working things out for your good. Let's keep going. You got to look beyond the moment and learn from every significant moment. You just can't be you just can't be in the moment. In the moment boosts up uh, unnecessary emotion. You got to think beyond the moment. I got to build my mind to be able to think three to four moves ahead. I got to be able to think of the. I got to be able to um, look beyond the moment. This is just a season. Seasons last longer than they should when people do not allow the season to do what it was supposed to do. So you still hanging on to that man, that season's going to last a little bit longer. You still holding on to that, the effects of what happened with that woman, You still that season's going to lengthen itself. And you got to learn from every significant moment. You got to be able to say, it's all good. You, you got to be able to know the difference between lessons and losses. There ain't no such thing as losses. Every loss has a lesson. A loss, a loss is a loss when you don't take the time to learn the lesson. But when you have suffered loss, and but you learned the lesson, you didn't lose, you actually won. So you gotta be able to learn from every significant moment and mentally be able to quickly process how to learn from the situation to avoid this in the future, how to learn from the situation to grow from it. But if your mind is not strong enough, witty enough, creative enough, sharp enough to be able to process, Man, you're going to see but many people. The reason why they don't have good thinking skills is because they like they like people thinking for them. You know what I'm saying? They always want people to think for them. They never practice thinking. Take some time before you make decisions and think and think. Think, give and literally get a sheet of paper, get a little like one of these 
and you write down five reasons why I should do this. You're training your mind how to think. Here's five reasons why I should go to McDonald's. <laughs> Here's five reasons. And when you look at those reasons, you'd be like, is this vain reasons or valid reasons? And then when you think about the food is not good, well, maybe you're practicing how to think. Carry a little notebook around and when you find a difficult situation, think it through. Use your brain. Practice thinking through things so that when you find yourself in a new situation that's pressuring, your mind is already, your mind is grabbing it, dissecting it, getting rid of the vein, keeping the valid, and you're able to overcome the anxiety. You got to learn how to sharpen your thinking skills so that you can know how to skillfully go through, yes, overthinking is a, you can't overthink. Don't overthink, just think. Overthinking is, is being too critical. Overthinking is you got the answer, but you overthinking the answer. You just got to be able to think smoothly, simply, because overthinking leads to anxiety. Well, what about this? Some of us, we are strong mentally. I had an issue with overthinking. Oh my gosh, I had a chest pain, but I just did chest that day. Oh, is this a heart attack? Oh, I'm on, I'm on WebMD. Oh my gosh. Oh, can't overthink. Is it okay to think ahead? It is perfectly think ahead. It is actually wise. You got to make it an effort to think ahead. All right, let's keep going. Uh, next L, you got to labor for specific causes of the specific causes of God. What helps you build your mind up is laboring in the cause, the specific cause that God wants you to do. Labor. Go to work. Work on your book. What helped, what helped me get through? It was crazy. When I first left Oral Roberts University and I couldn't get back into school, right? I couldn't get back into school. And I was like, man, God, what's up? And then God was like, finish your book. God didn't, God didn't even give me time to have a pity party. He said, go finish the book I told you to write. And every, every significant moment of my life, My my phone time to my my phone time to stop buffering. I think we're good. Let me know if you guys can hear me. Let you guys can y'all hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. Hear me? You guys can hear me? Okay, good. We're back? All right, cool. You got to labor for the specific causes. When you do the work of God, it helps you grow. Let me know. You guys said I'm breaking up. Let me know if you guys can hear me clearly. Can you guys hear me? Let me know. You good? We good? All right, perfect, perfect. You got to labor for specific causes of God. That's what helped me. Being productive in the work that wills me out of certain situations are before my phone crashes because <laughs> I've been going an hour and uh, 13 minutes. Okay. All right, cool. You got to realize and understand that you got to realize and understand your unavoidable dependence in God. You got to realize and understand your unavoidable dependence on God. You know what that means? God ain't going to budge no further than his will for you. When I let go of my life and I let God control it, life became better. 
life became better, right? Because I realized and understood that it's unavoidable to be dependent on God. But it's a blessing to be de dependent on, dependable on God. What keeps my mind from breaking down is knowing that God is in control. If I'm not doing things that's causing me to come out of control and I know God is in control, I don't have to worry because I know God is in control. Next point, do for others. Endorphins, chemicals raise up in your mind. It's going to get Joe on out of here. It's going to get Joe on out of here. When I do for others, man, it's a blessing. What helps you become mentally strong is when you're able to do for others. And last but not least, do daily mental exercises and processes. I talked about that, how you really just get a sheet of paper and think. Give five reasons why you should, five reasons why you shouldn't. Train your mind to think. Uh, uh, um, do random problems. Let's say if some, well, let, don't, don't say it out your mouth. I don't want you to declare bad things to happen. But write down stuff. How would you handle? And just do it with friends. How would you handle a breakup? How would you mentally handle a death in the family? How would you mentally handle a loss of a job? How would you uh, uh, mentally handle it? So that you can prepare your mind to, if it does happen, boop, 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 take it out. Last thoughts and I'm done. Oh, good question. It's your mind, you determine what you think. It's your mind, don't let other people have your mind. Don't, don't let other people think for you. It's your mind, think for yourself. Okay, this worksheet is available at IamUnplugged.com. I have some points. I have some activity at the bottom. It says, mind management plan. Take some time to really reflect on the state of your mind and process how you can avoid mental breakdowns and assist in building up your mind. Utilize the box uh, below to help you do so. What symptoms do you have in your life and what are their triggers? All I want you to do is, if you have any of these sim symptoms, uh, write down what, what triggered those symptoms. And at the bottom, I want you to how do you plan to build up your mind to avoid mental breakdowns, process it, and utilize some of these activities, exercises that we talked about. Um, this worksheet is now available, both worksheets from yesterday. The Barely Mentioned Podcast worksheet is available, and this worksheet is available. Feel free to go through it and process the activity. Now, to answer the question, I got to go. How did I overcome overthinking? not overthink and it, it took it took a lot of work but what i did was i got a sheet of paper and i really just wrote down my thoughts why am i overthinking this and i realized after a bunch of errors that i realized overthinking gets me in more problems overthinking stresses me so what i do is i find the truth what helps me not to overthink is the truth what is the truth about my health what is the truth about about life what is the truth about the word of god and it keeps me from overthinking am i am i having am i stressing is is this a plus b is like no what i do is what does the word of god say about the situation and what i do is i literally get I, this is what i do i write down my care on a sheet of paper I write down my issue on a sheet of paper. I write down what I'm overthinking about on a sheet of paper. What I do is I ball it up and throw it in the trash can. I Sometimes you have to see yourself doing it to eventually have it happen here. Hope you guys be blessed. 
Uh, this video will be posted again so you guys can go back through it. Utilize this as a, as a, as a tool to help you anytime you may feel like you're going through a mental breakdown. I pray it was a blessing to you. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time.